Hey guys, this is Pastor Neil. I just want to say thank you so much for joining us today on this podcast. Hey, would you do us a huge favor today? Would you subscribe, like, or leave us a review wherever you get this content? It really helps us reach other people with the gospel. Also, we would love, love to see you at our campus uh, on a Sunday morning. We meet at 1010 South Bowie Drive in Weatherford, Texas. You can check out our service times and more information about the church on our on our website, waterhousechurch.com. Check us out on Facebook or any other social media sites that you may have. We would love to see you. I pray that today you are renewed, restored, refreshed, and that your spirit comes alive. Now here is today's message. Good morning, church. So glad y'all are here this morning. Y'all look good. Y'all sound good this morning. Yeah, I love the early morning voice. You know, you can hit that lower octave. So you got the lower octave. It's going to be a good day. Today's going to be a big day. Uh, man, hasn't this, this series just been amazing? It's been so good. And we're just going to, we're going to continue into that today. And we're talking about generational iniquity. And uh, Mike asked me to share just a quick testimony. Um, I dealt with this. You can turn the audio effects off on this, unless you like echoes. Um, my, a lot of, some of you know this, some of you don't, my, 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 my real father uh, committed suicide before I was born, and uh, I didn't know a whole lot about my, that side of my family except for that. I didn't know anything really about their side because his, his father uh, left him when he was very young, um, and he, his whole life, uh, felt inadequate. He felt abandoned. Um, he felt like nobody loved him. And uh, it just kind of dictated his life all the way through his life. And that fell down onto me, uh, even my whole life. I, I felt that way. I just felt like nobody, uh, nobody loved me, nobody cared. You know, I'm going to eat some worms, you know, the thing. And I just didn't, I didn't know that I started, he's going to talk about this, I was fighting a battle I didn't even start. And, and it just fell with me and it fell on me and it was going to fall onto my children. And I was starting down that same path. Uh, of suicide, that same path of just giving up on life. And, and I, it just followed me my whole life until I learned to break it, until I learned that it was, it was a battle I didn't start, but it's something I could finish. And today we're going to learn how to finish that fight and to seal it up. So our children, some of you don't have kids yet, some of you already have kids, but you can break it. You can break that curse. You can break that curse today. And so I'm just going to encourage you to dig in this morning, to listen to what Mike has to say. And again, as always, wherever uh, the Spirit leads to really dive in and be open and, and just be open to what the Lord is saying to you uh, today. And so I just want to invite Mike up to go ahead and start the message this morning. Here we go. Today we are going to break generational iniquities. I'm going to explain all of these things. We're going to break them off. Uh, it's been broken off in my life. Um, it's been broken off in other people's life that I know. Uh, there are generational iniquity. There are bloodline curses. I'm going to explain all of that. And, uh, you know, the so, Father, hmm. This is your time. And Father, we say, if you don't go, we don't want to go. So take us where you're going. 
Let us see what you're doing and join you there. Father, I pray that we get life out of the way. We get circumstances out of the way. And we allow you to minister to us in a place that has, in some, never been touched. Never been really even thought about. And I pray, Father, that we give this to you, that we lay this at your feet with all that we are, with every ounce of energy that we can muster and confidence and trust only in you because only you can do this. We love you and we're grateful in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so I'm going to start off with some scripture, Old Testament scripture, that is like types and shadows. Okay, so types and shadows are something that is, it's in the Bible, and you look at it, and you go, I don't actually know 100% what that has to do with me. Well, I'm fixing to explain it. Okay, so in Isaiah 58, we're going to go there first. Isaiah 58, 12 says, For those from among you shall build the old waste places. When Jesus came, this became the place. Okay? You've been through the towns that are, that are desolate and broken down? Okay, well, that used to be that because Jesus hadn't transformed yet. But now, here it is. Okay, this is the temple. Think about this. To transform, he's going to build up the old wasted places. He shall raise up the foundations of many generations. And you shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. That's a beautiful thing. And here's another one, Isaiah 61. Okay, I love Isaiah 61. This is verse 4. And you shall rebuild the old ruins. There's going to be some old ruins rebuilt today. From generational things that have happened, like Neil said, there are battles in our life that we're fighting that we did not start. There were many, many battles in my life that I was fighting. I didn't start. And I always wondered why. Why this? Why that? So you shall rebuild the old ruins. You shall raise up the former desolations. So what doesn't have life? It's desolated. When you look at something that's desolate, there's nothing there. There's not a shred of green. There's no rain. There's nothing there. There's no life. It can't sustain you shall raise up the, des the former desolations and you shall repair the ruined cities. Back to here. The desolations of many generations. So we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna get to this. Um, so so um, show the family tree. Can you, can you put that up there? I want to explain this to you guys. I'm going really... Okay, look. Y'all got to hang with me here. I'm a very visual person, and I have to point and use my hands. I know you haven't noticed that, but that's what I have to do. So, so this is you, and here's your father. So this is the third and fourth generation. You getting it? You seen how many people above you made choices for you? Did you ever think about that? How many people above you made choices for you that you haven't canceled? Today we're going to cancel them because... Because I'm going to tell you on this side of my family, well, on both sides of my family, but, but to the next. Now, I'm, now listen. Listen to me. 
I'm not here to dog my family. They're broken, lost, hurting. Here's what they didn't do. They did not do what we're fixing to do. Okay? So when I say something about my dad, that means that somebody above him did not cancel. When I say something about my mom, I love my mom, I love my dad. I got grandparents that were responsible for her that did not cancel. Who's great, who my great-grandparents did not cancel. Who my great-great-grandfather mothers did not cancel. If they would have canceled it, I wouldn't have lived the life that I lived. The doors would not have been open to me the way that they were. There was sexual sin all on this side. Sexual sin ran, run rampant on this side. There was alcoholism on both sides. There's passivity on one side. There's workaholic on another, but there was laziness, there was bitterness, there was vengeance, there was you name it. I could stand up here the rest of my time. I could stand up here for the rest of the day and tell you the negativity that landed on me at conception. Why? Because it could. So have you thought, have you ever thought, have you ever looked up there and said, you know, what is that, 30 people? There's 30 people, and then when you just can you imagine if you went one more and it just keeps coming down? Because, because the Bible, I'm going to get to it, but the Bible says that the sins of the fathers fall to the third and fourth generation. So let me explain that. Because there's, there's some people that are going, yeah, but didn't Jesus become? Didn't Jesus do? And I'm going to tell you, yes, he did. He became the curse, but you have to appropriate. Things. So when you accepted Jesus as your Savior, you appropriated the cross. You appropriated that word and that, that work in your life, correct? You appropriated, you put it in the right place. Okay? So if you want healing in your life and you're asking for healing, heart healing, emotional healing, physical healing, you're asking for that healing, you have, did Jesus, is he the healer? Yes. You have to appropriate that. You have to trust, you have to believe. Absolutely. Okay. So, so in when Jesus became the curse, and it says, you know, cursed is anyone who hangs on a pole. That's in the Bible. That was Jesus. He became that. But have you ever appropriated that? Have you ever said, thank you for your work on the cross. I'm going to put now that you became the curse. I'm going to get it off of me because I can't. Because you said so. Because you became that. I don't have to live under that anymore. So this morning, we're going to appropriate that. We're going to put it in its right place. Okay? So I, I want to be very, very careful to, to help you understand that you don't go out of here with your mind going, yeah, but Jesus, you did everything. Yes, he did. He doesn't have to do one more thing. We just have to put it in order. Okay, so now look, I'm going to show you some stuff on this. Now think about this. I want you to think about this. Look at this right here. And this is where we can take away, where, where we can't blame these people. There's an enemy that hates us, that hated my great-great-grandfather. And the ones before him and the ones before him. Speaking of the ruins and desolations, we're going to go back to 1890 to 1941. That's, that's right there or above for us older ones. 1890 to 1941, 1890, there was a massacre at Wounded Knee. 
Just because some of you don't even know, won't even know what I'm talking about. The massacre at Wounded Knee. The U.S. declared war on Spain in 1898. World War I, 1914. Okay, so we're getting into this. Prohibition, 1920. Stock market crash, 1929. Great Depression, 1929, 1930. The Dust Bowl, 1934. An attack on Pearl Harbor in 1941. You think they had a reason to be upset and worried and nervous and anxious and there was trouble and harm? They were trying to feed their kids and they're trying to do right? They might have loved Jesus, but boy, were they getting kicked. How can we blame anybody? I look at this and I think, wow. So, so in the scripture above, and they shall rebuild the old ruins, they shall rise up the former desolations, they shall repair the ruined cities, the desolation of many generations. There's rebuild, raise up, repair. All the desolated places in many generations. And so what happens is, that happens here and down. That happens over me and my grown children and my grandchildren and their children and their children. It stops here. It has already stopped here. We did this a while back. Our children do not live the life that myself or my wife lived. And our grandchildren, they're older, they're innocent, they're sweet. It's just different. My lineage was going to hell in a handbasket. I'm telling you, it was going down. And the Lord saw fit to show me and teach me and change me. And my lineage is different. It's completely different. I prayed over my family before, but I never had authority. I never had power over my family. So, so today, it's, it's, it's just, this is crucial in a, in a, in a believer's life. We've seen it change many. Uh, generational iniquity and bloodline curses. It, it sounds maybe a little bit scary, uh, but it's so transformational. It's not scary. Jesus became it. It's already been dealt with. It's already done. It's a finished work. All we have to do is say, ah, I'll take that. I'll take some of that. But the enemy's blinded a lot of us to it, and he just wants us to believe that that's just who we are. That's how we walk. That's our lot in life. You've heard that. Ah, that's just my lot in life. You know, my dad was this and my dad was that. Um, so, so in this, it's, here, here's, here's, a, here's a big thing talking about the effects from above. It is, it's false to believe that sin can and will not affect other people, especially your family. That's a false statement. You, you, it is, if what you do in secret, it's felt by the generations. It's felt. So here's, here's a hard question. What traits or behaviors do you see in your parents and grandparents that you dislike about yourself? Not, not what is wrong with my parents and grandparents. What has happened to my parent or grandparent or great-grandparent in a trait that falls down and I see it and I carry that. I carried a lot of Martin stuff. I mean, I just, I was a Martin to the core, to the core, and that's not a good thing sometimes. 
It only takes one person who is determined to change the entire lineage of many. Today, that gets to be you. If you haven't done that, what a blessing and honor it is to be here today to do this. So I'm going to start by, like, I'm going to give you the de- definition of generational iniquity. It's an unholy spiritual influence. Basically, it's the enemy. It's an open door, which is a legal right. Cause, cause, because, because this right here, great-grandfather did something that grandfather walked in, that father walked in, that I walked in, that my son walked in, and it just keeps going down. There's a legal right. The enemy can just come. He doesn't have to ask permission. The door's open. He can just touch what he wants to touch. It's a tendency in a family's lineage to accept as normal. Now listen to this. To accept as normal something that controls the behavior of many in the family. That's just normal. That's just my family. That's just my family. Somebody's going to get drunk and punch somebody. Oh, that's just my family. Somebody's going to cuss at somebody's wife, and then, and then it all breaks loose at Grandma's house. My sister's here today. She, she knows these kind of things. She was a member or part of that. She saw it. It was chaos. Was it always chaos? Always chaos. I lived in constant, we lived in constant turmoil and chaos. Everywhere we went, every morning when you woke up in our house, you're going, you, you, you never woke up happy. You always woke up dodging. Hmm, how do I stay out of the way today? But my mouth wouldn't let me stay out of the way. She, it's like, I'll show you. So here's Exodus 20, 4 through 6, New Living. You must not make for yourself an idol of any kind or any image of anything in the heavens or on the earth, or in the sea. You must not bow down to them. Think about these, all these things that families possibly could have bowed down to. Addictions, attitudes, bents, twisted things, sexual stuff. Any, I'm, or you shouldn't worship them. For I, the Lord, your God, I'm a jealous God who will not tolerate your affection for any other gods. I laid these sins. I laid the sins of the parents upon their children. Okay? And the entire family is affected. This ought to be hidden. Even children in the third and fourth generations of those who reject me. But I lavish unfailing love for the thousands of generations of those who love me and obey my commands. I just have to tell you, when I learned to love Jesus... I still had areas in my life where I could not obey his commands because this was open. I loved him. I accepted him. I appropriated that in my life. I had not appropriated that in my life, but when someone told me I had a need, a deep need in my life for Jesus, and I began to listen, and I began to follow him, and then I'd find myself in the desert. And I'm following Jesus, and I find myself in the desert. How did I get here again? In the desolation. Well, it's because this right here. Notice that idolatry is linked to the iniquity of our fathers. Idolatry. Worship of things other than God. It's almost always about people who have given place to other gods in their life. But also notice that God's lavishes unfailing love. All we have to do is turn. All we have to do is put it in his right place. And he's going. 
I've been waiting for you. Now I'm going to do something amazing in your life. Even more amazing than you can imagine. I'm going to turn dry places, desolate places, into streams of living water. Hmm? Come on. So we can repent on behalf of our ancestors. That just means to change my mind. Anything. We're going to say a prayer together in a little bit. Getting you ready. It's a big prayer. I can change my mind about how my ancestors lived, choices they made, things they did, things they worshipped. Anybody that's gone before me that broke God's laws, anybody that's gone before you, it stops with us. Today it stops. Today it's over. And from there, it is going to affect your life greatly. Then it's going to touch your children. Our kids are in their 40s. This probably happened in their 30s. They're different. But it's not only going to affect them. That We have grandchildren, nine of them, and it affects them. It affects their kids and their kids. This is what I, this is what I, think, this is what I think is going to be great is when, 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 when someone really does this serious and when we get to heaven, I think that we're going to see some, this is how I always see it, just some sweet lady who struggled through life. And she struggled. And it was hard. But she got her generational stuff changed. And there's going to be this whole group of people, this massive amount of generations, and they're going to be going, it's her. This about makes me cry. She did it. She's the one that changed her mind. She's the one that prayed the prayer. She's the one that turned us loose, that this couldn't touch us anymore. Let's go tell her thank you. Because I never had to suffer and struggle like she did. Oh, come on. That's I just can't wait to see those kind of things in heaven. I just can't wait. Leviticus. I'm staying in the Old Testament here. But if they confess their iniquity and the iniquity of their fathers, Leviticus 26.40, with their unfaithfulness in which they were unfaithful to me, and that they also have walked contrary to me. Confess these things. We're going to confess these things. Where we've been hostile, where we've been angry, where we don't, and we stand in places we don't even know where we're standing. The classic definition of, definition of sin is to miss the mark. But it also means to have wrong attachments with our heart. There are things attached to our heart that don't belong there. Iniquity, it means a predisposition of certain strengths or weaknesses. It, for, it, it refers to the way we're bent, the natural way we should do something. Okay, so, so like this. So a lot of you know, not all of you know, but a lot of you know that the family that I grew up in, I found out when I was 38 that that was not my father. Okay, my, but my dad had seven brothers. Okay, so, so I'm going to tell you a quick story about that. So the next to the youngest was uh, well, my uncle, next to the youngest. Um, I don't want to tell you his name. Just 
if, if you know him, you know him. But here's, here's what happened. He had passed away at a pretty young age. Worked hard, passed away. He had been dead a couple of years. And his wife was a manager of a convenience store. In about two years, I'm pulling up to the convenience store to get gas. And then I'm going to go in and get something to drink. So I'm filling my truck up and I'm walking across the parking lot. And she has an absolute total meltdown. Heads to the back. Because I look like her husband. Walk like her husband. I carry myself like a Martin. That's how I walk. I have a very distinct walk. And I walk just like this uncle. Now, how do you think I learned that? Watching. Watching. So she goes to the back and 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 one of the ladies says, Who who are you? And I said, Well, my name is Mike Martin. Oh. Well, do you know so? Yeah, it's my uncle. Oh, well, no wonder she's freaking out. And they went back and told her, and she came out, and we hugged and did. But she's just like, don't ever come to this store again without calling and letting me know. Because I can't take it. So, so you, 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 you see, I mean, you become what you see. You act out, I and mean, that's just something that's an innate nature inside of me to be like that. She didn't misplace me for, she thought that I was him. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what it looks like when I walk. I don't know what it looks like when, when, even when I'm standing up here. I don't know. And that's not important. I just know that she saw something that was a predisposition of my family acted out with me coming across the parking lot. It's iniquity is a predisposition to certain strengths, weaknesses, or first to the way we're bent. The natural way we do something. Just the way you do it. Ah, your daddy did it that way. Ah, I remember that. You do it just like that. Ah, you know, oh, I remember your dad. And he was this, this, and that, and the other. You're just like him. But the Hebrew meaning of the word means crooked or perverse actions and attitudes. They emanate from the father to the child. Iniquity is always deeply rooted, and it's more entrenched than a sin. Okay, sin is kind of ever before us. Iniquity is entrenched. It's very deep. It's something we probably have never even looked for. But today, we're going to uncover it, unpack it, and kick it out. Um, it seems like prejudice. I had a prejudiced family. I'm not prejudiced, but I had a prejudiced family. It's uh, how men, some of the men in our family had attitudes toward women, the way they treated women, very disrespectful, very wrong. Um, it's our beliefs about working. Working too much, not working enough. It's how we spend our money, how we respond or react to situations. Um, ours was yelling. Whoever could yell the loudest and the longest won. You just win. You just yell somebody down. Yell them till they can't yell anymore. That's just how you won unless you wanted to go to punching. Sometimes that happened too. Generational sin is a propensity to sin where our parents, grandparents, ancestors sinned and gave the enemy a legal right to our lives. We're going to close that up. For example, if your great-grandfather opened the door to sexual perversion and no one has repented of that sexual sin, the door's wide open. 
You wonder why you struggle with that addiction? You wonder why that comes back? You wonder why maybe you've prayed a thousand times as I'm giving this to you, Lord, but it just creeps back in? Well, it's because the door's open. He doesn't have to ask permission. This is where we stand in the gap and repent for those. And it's going to stop right here and right now. I have so many notes. We're not responsible for the sins of others, of what they did before us. We're not responsible for those. But we have to close the doors. We have to say no more. We have to get done with that. And here's one. What if I'm adopted? See, I, I have a whole other side of a family. And I don't, you know, I've learned to know some of them. And I believe God is a big God. And I believe when we pray, whether we know or don't know, there's a lot of things you don't know. There's a lot of things I don't know. And I went and found my biological dad in a mental institution. He couldn't speak to me. All he wanted was some ice cream. That's all he told me about 200 times I want ice cream. My name is, mm, my name is so-and-so. And I like ice cream. That's about what I got. That's not much to dig from. So generational stuff, man, it's silent in here. I love this. But it sure makes me nervous when you're quiet. But you're listening. I can tell you're listening. You're dug in. There's three ways generational sins pass down, and it's through our gene pool. I told you about that. Looking at physically, I looked like my uncle. I walked like my uncle. I talked like my uncle. I worked like my uncle. I was, I was more closer to him, even though he wasn't my family. But my trade was a lot like his trade. What he worked in... I kind of worked in. I was kind of a branch of history. Physically, through personalities, some some are the jokesters, some of the serious ones. I'm a serious one. I'm not real jokey. You know, I might crack a little something here and there, but it's dry. It's hard. Sometimes it cuts a little. That's me. Some other people, they got pain. They got struggles. They got hurts, and they joke it off. They laugh it off. Even though you see a tear in the corner of their eye, they laugh about it because it hurts. It's our behavior tendencies. We have a tendency to fill in the blank. My tendency is to blank when something happens. Explode, hide in the corner, get in the car, drive away. The other one is through physical, the physical, heart disease. Every, everybody in the family, think about this. Everybody in the family has heart disease, diabetes, cancer, arthritis, obesity. You name it, it's there. It's physical. That's a manifestation of the enemy. It comes through our personalities, what we like, what we dislike, talents, moods, emotions. For years, I could not eat barbecue. Years. Because every Sunday, my dad put something on the pit. All of his friends came over. They're all drinking. The barbecue comes in about six. Everybody's drunk. The barbecue's burned. You got drunk men all over the back porch. I don't want nothing to eat. I'll take a ham sandwich. I hated Sundays. We didn't go to church. We didn't love the Lord. We didn't know nothing about Him. It was just pitiful. Now, I cook. I don't get drunk. I cook something good on the pit. I eat my own barbecue. I don't need nobody else's barbecue. I don't invite friends over. I save it all for me and Kim. 
Sorry. <laughs> likes, dislikes. I like barbecue now. I disliked it then. Talents. Some people can pick up a guitar and play it. I could try 24-7, 365, and never play you a chord. I don't get it. It doesn't go here. It's not in me. How about your moods? Well, that's how my mama was. It's okay to be like you are because that's how your mama was. It's okay to be a fighter because that's how my dad was. It's okay to be this and that because, because, because. How about our emotions? How about how we handle our emotions? You know, we get over on people by crying or we get over on people by giving them the silent treatment or we just have emotional mood swings. One minute I could have been having the best time and the next minute I'm cussing Kim like a dog. And I don't know why. Inside, I'm going to tell you, this is going to touch somebody. Inside, my heart was saying, stop. Inside, my heart was saying, stop. Stop. Don't say that. Don't say that. You're burying yourself a hole. You're digging your hole. You're burying yourself in it. Then you're not going to get out of this for a while. But my mouth would not be quiet. Why? Open door. Behavior. It's how people did it. I just do what my dad did. comes through behavioral tendencies, how we respond to stress, how we handle money, what we believe about work, how we parent, how we communicate. I think I've touched all of those in some way or another just now. How about by example? We repeat the things we see. Now, here's an interesting story that I heard. There was a little mama dog. And... She had. She was going to have puppies, and she got in an accident, and her legs got cut off. The back legs got cut off before she had her puppies. But the puppies were fine, and she was okay, and so they let her have the puppies. And as the puppies grew, as Mama drug herself around, the puppies didn't use their back legs. They drug theirself around, just like their Mama. My question is, are you dragging yourself around? Just like mama or daddy. Have you learned to use or not use? Have you learned to put aside or pick up? I mean, is that just because my mom or dad did it? Let me tell you about some. Let's go to the number three. That was by example. We repeat the things we see. And then here comes the law of sowing and reaping. If we're repeating the things that we see... You sow, you reap. On that chart, they sowed. They reaped, they sowed, they reaped, they sowed, they reaped, they sowed, we reap. All the way up, all the way down. Do you see it? That's why there's no blame. That's why there's no fault. They did the best they could. Okay? They did the best they could. So here's, here's some examples. Reaping and sowing. God established reaping and sowing. Here's a biblical example. David and his sons. Tons of sexual sin. Violence. Murder. Even from a man who's after God's own heart. Hmm. Abraham. Isaac, Jacob, if you know. They're liars. They all lied. That's father, son, son. Lied. They're up before the king. This is my sister. This is his wife. 
This is my sister. Chicken. Coward. That if they know this is my wife, they're going to kill me and take my wife. No, it's my sister. So he could live. Liar. Scared. The deceit fell through that through many of their generations. Still falling if it hasn't been broken. Breaking generational sin is to enforce the victory that Jesus paid for. We're enforcing it in our life. We're grabbing it and saying, today is the day for this victory in my life and those that come after me. We choose to be free from negative influence. The choice is ours. It's a choice. It's not a must. It's not a have to. It's a get to. I don't have to do this. I get to do this. I get to. It changes everything. When a person sins, the door that opens, the legal right. So last week, let's ask this. Last week, whoever was here, when, 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 when the enemy was moved, when we, when we cast out, that closed the door. Did anybody, has anybody, do you feel different? Is heaviness gone? Is fear gone? Is jealousy, anger, is those things, are those gone in your life? Have you, have you experienced a new level of, of life that, that brings, that, that allows, here's what it, it allows fruit to come in those places. Love, joy, peace, patience, you know what that is. Goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Let's just say them all. So it makes room for that. Okay, This makes more room in going, you mean I don't have to do that anymore? I don't, that, I'm, I'm just telling you, this kind of stuff that we're talking, that we're fixing to pray over, it's just going to be gone. And you're going to be going down the road, driving, doing, walking, and here's what's going to happen. You're going to go, it might be three months. I go, wow, it really is gone. I haven't experienced that. I've never felt like this. Any, ever in my whole life have I ever felt like this. I, I, I do that. I do, I do that. And it's just like going, and then it's just immediately, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay. Until the sins are repented of. Okay, so we're going to repent of this sin. Until it's repented of, the legal right remains. And so repented of means that we're going to change our minds about ancestral hurts, pains, struggles, just just dark places. So, so here's, here's what we're going to do. Here, I'm going the wrong direction. I've gotten so fired up. Here we go. We're going to pray together. Y'all want to pray? Okay, we'll stand up. So I'm going to, I'm, as I say this prayer, here's, here's what we're going to get to. There's an, ex, an exhaust, an exhaustive, is that right? An exhaustive list. Yeah, prayer team, come on up. Okay? Because they're going to be looking at you. That's their, that's their thing this morning, just to look at you, to help you, okay? So, so here's, we're, we're going over an exhaustive list, and this is what I always tell people when we go through this prayer with them, is when I say a word, 
I'm going to say a lot of words. You're going to repeat it after me. But here's what you're going to do. You're going to digest that word. Okay? Because some of these words are going to hit you. And you're going to go, oh, that's me. Okay? So you, when you speak that word out, speak it with authority. Say that word back. And they're negative words. There's some hard words in here. Just speak it back with boldness. But speak them all. I'm not just saying speak one. I'm saying speak this whole thing after me. But some of them are really going to go, oh, I'm done with that. Does that make sense? Y'all ready? Here we go. Lord, today, I repent for any sin I have committed. And on behalf of my ancestors, for any sins, they have, they have committed against you, against you. Knowingly, knowingly and unknowingly. And I, repent I repent and renounce, and renounce all, sexual all sexual sins, pornography, pornography adultery, adultery fornication, fornication, pedophilia, pedophilia voyeurism, voyeurism orgies, orgies, abortion, abortion rape, rape, divorce. Passivity, Passivity. Laziness, laziness, anger, anger rage, rage, bitterness, bitterness unforgiveness, unforgiveness, resentment, resentment murder, murder, suicide, suicide accidents, accidents, death wishes, death wishes depression, depression, fear, fear worry, worry, abandonment, abandonment rejection, rejection, hereditary sicknesses, sorry. And disease, and disease. Mental, illness, mental illness, nightmares, nightmares. Victimization, victimization, all abuse, all, abuse. all, addictions, all addictions, jealousy, jealousy being, critical, being critical, judgmental, judgmental prejudice, prejudice, rebellion, rebellion pride, pride, perfectionism, perfectionism stubbornness, 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 greed, greed poverty, poverty, false religion. Freemasons, Eastern Star, Mafia, Gangs, All Secret Organizations, Any and All Occult Practices, Including Ouija Boards, Palm Reading, Hypnotism, Horoscopes, Astrology, Fortune Telling, Water Witching, Tarot Cards, Magic eight ball, conjuration, witchcraft, black magic, voodoo, incantation, charms, fetishes, seances, spirit guides, spirit contacts, and blood oaths. I place these sins and any unknown sins that my forefathers committed. Upon the cross of Jesus Christ. I also bring all the consequences and the effects of sin to the cross of Jesus Christ. I place the blood of Jesus between myself and all generational sin on both the maternal and paternal sides of my family. I ask the blood of Jesus, ask the blood of Jesus 
to cleanse my family bloodlines all the way back to Adam. I break all contracts, covenants, alliances, vows, hexes, curses between me and my father and my mother and all their descendants. Jesus, I ask you to destroy and transform all patterns of sin on the cross. According to 1 John 3, 8. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. I renounce and break all demonic ancestral bondage. I speak specifically to the spirit of fear, heaviness, stupor, deafness, dumbness, perversity, lying, error, infirmity, divination, whoredom, bondage, antichrist, jealousy, and haughtiness. I tell you that you have no right, no power, or authority in my life. Bloodline curses have been broken. Therefore, I command all works of the enemy to leave now and go to the place that Jesus has prepared for you. I now loose. Receive that. Oh, come on. I now loose and receive all blessings that have come through my bloodlines upon me and my children and the future generations in Jesus' name. I bind all family spirits and as Jesus to send his angels to camp around me and my family descendants. Jesus, hide me under the shadow of your wings. Thank you for delivering me from darkness into light. I declare that any curse, listen to this, this is big. I declare that any curse that attempts to come upon me or my family line from this day forth must come through the cross of Jesus Christ and will be transformed from a curse to a blessing. That's huge. Thank you, Lord, for setting me free today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so I'm going to wrap this up. Sit down. Have a seat. That sounded hard. Sit down. No, just have a seat. Everybody, y'all. So, so, so y'all see who the prayer team is. If y'all need something, if you need something else, when this is over, grab them. They'd love to pray with you. Okay? They would love to pray with you. This is a done work. This is finished. This is done. And start looking for the different. Start looking for the new. Thank Jesus for it. Every time you see it, every time you see it, this is big. This is huge. This is something that, that, I, that I did not know I needed in my life.
I had no idea. But when it came to my life, everything changed. Everything changed. So like last week, this is, this is what I wanted to say. I had to stall time there to remind myself, okay, okay. This is what, because during this, this is what I wanted to say. Last week was very personal. It's one-on-one with the Lord, okay? It's the things that you absolutely had partnered with. These are things like, so did you hear that we went through fear and heaviness? And so, so we broke that from the generational. See, last week, you break it off of you. So there's a method to this, okay? Unforgiveness, if you walked in unforgiveness, this doesn't work, okay? So... Go back and listen. If you haven't been listening to these sermons, these teachings, you need to go back and start at one and get in forgiveness and realize what does that look like. And go start at the start and walk through this process. They're online. You need to go through this. If you want every single thing that the Lord has for you, these things build on each other. This is not happenstance. Well, I think we'll just teach on this today. No, they build on each other because of unforgiveness. When you walk in forgiveness, then you break the bonds of the enemy. And you take, you're, starting to, you're starting to build a foundation. You have to have something to stand on. That's Jesus. Neil preached about the foundation. If your foundation is not right, nothing's right. So you have, to, you have to stand on Jesus, and in that, then you forgive, and you start moving forward, and you start taking back ground, and you start moving forward. You're not, you're, you're, you're not going to stand in one spot. You're moving forward in your life. You're moving forward in your spiritual journey. Stuff has been stolen from you. you got to want it back. So you step forward, and you take it. You take the ground back. Jesus took, sent the people into the promised land, and the and guys went, and they said, I, I don't think I can go in there. Those guys are big as giants. Da, 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 da. And two guys went, hey, we can whip them. We can whip them. That's what we're doing right here. We can whip them. And just now, did you, did you get any idea how many things in this top that we named that we just whipped? You know, they have to go off like a little chichi dog, like a little yippy dog. That's what I call them, little fajitas. You got to get the fajitas. Those little dogs that just yip at you and yip at you. And you just want to, yeah, you're not, yeah. get move. That's the enemy. Move out of my way. Don't scuff my boot. That's what just happened. When you take power and authority, you, you, you step on the enemy's head and you say no more. You don't get to do that. You, it, it's that simple. I, I didn't know you existed here before, but now I do. And because of that, because of the power and authority in Jesus that I serve, I don't have to. I get to. I get to step on you and move you and change my lineage, change my destiny, change my future. So that's what that looks like. So believe it and start looking for it. Okay, look at there. 1027. <laughs> Woohoo! Because I just have to tell you, I got to tell you this. I'm going to spend one more minute. This right here, this is hard for me. Off of notes and pages and scriptures and remind, this is hard. Kilman and I were at it. Editing, fixing. Kilman, that doesn't sound like me. Make that sentence sound like me. I can't say it that way. So it's just, 
It's thank you, Jesus. Thank you for this morning. Thank you for setting us free. Thank you that we get to walk in green fields and luscious places where there's fruit and there's beauty because you're there. And we're sitting at the table. Think about this. Thank you, Jesus, for calling us to a table. And, 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 and you've, you've, made, you've made a meal for us. Called us to our seat, not somebody else's seat, our seat at the table. It, we don't have to look around and think, is this mine? When you walk up, you know, Jesus, thank you that this is my place at the table. And you have set this in front of, the, in the presence of my enemies. They get to watch me enjoy the fruits of your labor because you love me. I get to sit down because he's called me to this place. You get to sit down because he has called you to this place. There's a name plate and it's yours and it's a special name. It's just not the the name you go by. There's a name that he calls you and you're going to know that's my place. And you're going to sit down and you're going to enjoy for eternity. And it starts now. It don't start when we die. I'm not waiting to die. That's going to be great. But right now, we get to walk in this. We get to. From here on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for setting captives free. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Have a great day.